Hi, and welcome to uh, Mindful Success Coaching. This is our very first premiere podcast. (laughs) We have fancy sound effects. So, so... So here's what's happening right now. We're we're literally just throwing this podcast together. It's not going to be overly structured. It's not going to be like it's going to be this long. We do do a weekly video podcast, vlog, whatever you want to call it, that we post on Facebook, where it is a little bit more structured. We kind of talk about this is the problem. Um, these are the, the struggle. Define the problem. These are our struggles and these are our solutions. And then a meditation. So if you're interested in a little greater structure, please go to... Um, Facebook and like Mindful Success Coaching and then see those live ones. But this is more of a, um, Danny, I'm Heather. And I'm Danny. Uh, and we're sisters. And uh, we started Mindful Success Coaching because, um, well, basically because the world needs, and women, because this is really, really tuned towards women, need to understand your own individual worth just existing. Uh, and and there are ways that you can do that. And how do you get out of this? Uh, number one, I'm not good enough. Uh, number two, you know, I, I can't break these cycles. And so we've built these systems to help support you in that. Does that mean that Danny and I are perfect? No. And we struggle with it every day. And so this morning, uh, Danny is, is, is uh, normally she's in another state and now she's not only in a state, but she's staying in my house. My sister's staying in my house and it's kind of cool because I like my sister a lot. Anyway, um, and, uh, and so she's, she's always has her laptop out and she's always working on something. Right. And, and it's a day off. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I don't have to work. And I was like, yeah, I slept in super late. I was like, I'm feeling super lazy. I felt super accomplished that I took a shower note. I didn't wash my hair, but I washed my whole body. So I was like, yeah, I'm feeling super productive. Right. (laughs) And then I come out here and I'm drinking coffee and, and daddy's like, what do you want to do today? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And I was like, like the way my head rolls is I'm like, I'm just going to roll. Like, I don't have a plan. And then I note that she's still working on her laptop, still working on this thing. And I was like, well, I got to get my laptop out and do stuff because you're doing stuff. And I feel like a lazy blob when I'm not doing stuff and you're doing stuff. And then Danny had a really interesting insight. Yeah. So we were talking about this and the motivation for why you do something can make a huge difference in how that thing happens and how you feel during that thing. So for me, uh, I tend to be an anxious person. And, and what I was telling Heather, this is going to be difficult. Please don't cry. So what I was telling Heather is that like the core of the motivation for all of this needing to always do something comes from not recognizing my own worth as a person, not feeling like I matter unless I do something, unless I contribute to the world. So for me, the sitting down and working on my laptop is not about like being driven, like I have to do this work, I have to accomplish something. Not It's not even about passion for doing the thing that I'm doing, although I love what I'm doing. For me, it really it is the core, the motivation is not being good enough, not feeling entitled to sit on a holiday and just sit on the couch, take up space and watch a show. And for Heather, it's a different thing. So this is the the interesting thing is that it can look the same from the outside. So we were having a discussion about when we sit down to watch a TV program or something, what it kind of looks like, what we're thinking about. And for me, it's really about like, I don't feel entitled to sit and just watch a show and do nothing else. I feel like I have to do 
something and it's motivated by that kind of anxiety yeah and and i was like oh well i like i started crocheting stuff while i'm watching during the pandemic because you know we're watching a lot of stuff during the pandemic because we can't really go anywhere and so so my thing was i wanted to start crocheting stuff just because i didn't just want to i didn't want to just sit there and watch tv and that felt you know, like I just wasn't doing anything. So I started crocheting stuff. In fact, I'm crocheting this really cool, like hippie, like a uh, jacket thing for my sister. Um, and, and it's like, the, then at the end, I'll have this thing to show for it that I've crocheted. And that's, and for me, so that's why I do it. But you know what? When, if I don't want to do it, I don't do it. I just sit there and watch the TV show and I'm super happy sitting there watching the TV show. And I don't, I don't put that guilt on me that Danny does, which makes me sad that she does it because I think she's about the most amazing person on the planet and she's worthy of everything. Like she's way more worthy than me, in my opinion. Um, and it's so it's one of those things where for me and it's just the way that I look at it and it's the way and and, and the things that we're trying to 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 learn ourselves and teach others is essentially you are worthy of taking up space. You are worthy of everything that you are, the good, the bad, everything that you are. And I will say, so depending on where you're coming from, this may be an easier or a more difficult lesson, right? So one of the things that I'm trying to learn from you, Heather, is that it is okay to just be here. So the first, the process for me has been, it's been cultivating awareness. And uh, I am a meditation teacher. I practice meditation. I do a lot of mindfulness, which is very ironic considering all this crap that's coming up for me. But that makes sense. But the, the key there is about increasing awareness. So first I had to even become aware that this is a pattern for me because it feels it's normal, it's natural, it's my default state. And so I feel like that's just the way that the world is. I don't recognize that it's a story I'm telling myself about being inadequate, about needing to do something. I can't just be the way that I am. So that was the first step. I had to even recognize that it was a story because it just was, it just felt natural. I thought that just was the way that the world was. Well, and to, to that point, which is really, really important, the things that we tell ourselves that this is the way the world is, that is the way the world is to us. I mean, Perception is reality. Perception that others have of us, that we have of others, that we have of the world, that we have of ourselves. It is our reality. And it is also a prison because it can entrap us like it has entrapped you to think that entrapped, trapped. No, that's you're right. You're good. Oh, thank you. See, <laughs> the professor, I was like, <laughs> I do this with words a lot. I say words that might not fit. Anyway, and, and it's one of those things where it, it does feel like a trap. And, and mind you, I have absolutely been there. I've been there where, and, and for me, it was situational because I was being emotionally and physically abused. I was being gaslit. There was all this shit going on in my life that I believed all of these things that this gaslighter was saying to me that were false, right? And now that I've gotten through that and I've, I've, I've um, triumphed over the evil of my past, I'm, I, I see that. And whenever those thoughts come in, because those thoughts come in, I'm, I'm not worthy, I'm lazy. And you know what? I, I deal with them in the moment and I think about it. I was like, almost the same way I had to deal with the gaslighter. I was like, is this empirically true? And I would have to look at, like, become hyperlogical and look at the, the empiricism of what I'm saying and be like, no, that's not true. But you know what, Heather? 
you're having a shitty day. So today you're allowed to have that moment and tomorrow you're going to be different. Yeah. And this is, and this is exactly the process, right? So the first is for me becoming aware that I'm even telling myself a story. Then the second is kind of like you were doing, checking myself with reality. I will say for me, that doesn't always help because for the same reason, you know, you're becoming more aware of the way that the world it actually is. It's still filtered through your perceptions. True. Right. And there, for me, this story about myself, there's layers and layers and layers. So the challenge for me, is to start uncovering the layers so that I can see more. And um, I also, it's probably related to this anxiety, unworthiness, whatever, like it has to be perfect. <laughs> I have to get it perfect, which is ridiculous. That is also adult child of an alcoholic. Yeah, right, for real. That, that striving for everything being perfect, very much adult child of an alcoholic. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, uncover these layers. And then, uh, then I can see it a slightly more clearly. And I, and so for me, uh, and I don't know if this is for everyone, but it's like, I have two systems. I have like the logic system and the emotion system. And I have trained myself in the language of logic. Like I, I read and I've learned about talking and rational and, and logic and, and all of those And she's things. a professor. Yes. But this emotion language system, I feel like I'm disabled. Like I, I don't understand the, the language of, of emotions. And like, what do you do when something, when you feel something? So that's weird because I feel the exact, I felt, let me be clear, the exact opposite. That the, the, the language of emotions and all, because I'm such, I'm so highly empathetic. And because my entire life, People will come to me and drop their heaviest shit on me when they don't know me. And I, so I've had to learn how to deal with that and their motivations for dropping it off my whole life. So I'm much better the emotional side. The logic side was shit and, until I had to, to, I had to use it like a muscle. Yeah. So like you, yeah, you're just going to have to use it like a muscle. And that's exactly what I have been doing. So like the, for me, it really absolutely was the process of meditation and mindfulness that allowed me to see like... This is a feeling, this is an emotion that I'm having. And I had to explore, okay, what does that emotion feels like, feel like in my body? Where does it come up? How does it, does it tingle? Does it move? Like I, oh, okay, that's happening. I'm sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I dropped the phone. Speaking of emotional experiences, I had like a whoosh right there. Because I threw it almost at Danny. It was slipped out of my oh, hand. thank you. Okay, back to the point. Back to the point. So I had to, I, I have been learning about what emotions feel like. And I am trying very hard to listen to my body, which is where the signals from emotions come from. Like that's the manifestation. This is what's happening. And I've had to kind of decode it. I've gotten better at that. It's still not good. It's practice. Right? So, and, and this feeling of inadequacy, feeling like I have to do something, it lives in that emotional world that is very difficult for me to understand. So logically, I can look at this and I can say, but that's objectively not true. Like, of course, you know, yes, you are worthy just because you exist. That's just true, right? Okay. Yeah. Perfectly logical. And my emotional side, all, when I look at that, all I see is a huge middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> you made me snort. <laughs> So it's a, it's a process, right? It's, it's really a process of recognizing, like for me, it's those two systems. It's my brain and my heart and learning about what all those are. And then, you know, have being able to be vulnerable, which again is in that emotional space and to be able to share with somebody like, 
well, yeah, I'm constantly on my computer because I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy enough to just sit here and take up space. Well, that's a crappy thing to say. It's a, it's a crappier thing to experience. What, what, um, so, so when I, when I flex the emo, the logic one, which by the way, is probably an easier one to, to grow out because logic is logic. Like for me, I created, um, one Inception, the movie Inception came out and they had those little totems. I was like, that was it. Which, which of course it was, that was after I had created what would be the totem, but it was about establishing what was reality. I had to find something I could touch to be like, this is real. This is real. This is real. You know, um, or if you want to do a Hunger Games analogy where PETA asks Katniss, you know, you know, real or fake and something like that. Anyway, so for you, um, one of the things that I did is when I was caught in, in my emotional quagmire and I was unable to, to see what was true, um, and, I, and I had that logical conversation, what I did was to build my bridge between the two is um, I um, created a space where I could fantasize that those things in the logical world were true. Right. So what I did, and this is just me, may not work for anybody else. Um, and so what I did was as I'm going to sleep or as I'm having these moments of stress or, or whatever's going on, I would think I would go through that logical place. That's, that's not true. This is who I am. And I would allow my brain to start building out this person that logic is saying who I am and linking it very closely to my emotions saying that this is and, until I could feel it. And that, and I, it's, it's the process for me. It was a process of building that bridge, but I had, I built it through imagination, through, through projecting that this is the reality and, and seeing this as real. And it took years, years, Danny. You know, that's really interesting because I think I'm doing a similar process, but it's like the other side of the bridge. So for me, it's about living in the body and where I have to, I have to have the feeling I have to experience the feeling. And then as I walk through, like I tell the story about the feeling, like this is what was happening. This is what I'm doing. This is what, this is what it's relating to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, building that bridge. No, the goal is, and I've gotten better at this is to have them both at the same time to be able to, you know, have an emotional experience, step back from it enough that it's not overwhelming mm. and then logically understand what it is, right? So that I can kind of do all of those at the same time. That's the goal is to integrate these two systems. Yeah. But it takes a lot. It does it simply the first step of stepping back and not having that emotion. Now, I will say this meditation helps with that enormously. It's re it really because once you've practiced meditation and you learn the art of, you know, that's a thought that I'm having and I'm going to let the thought go. That's, you know, which happens in meditation all the time and it doesn't mean you're a bad meditator. It just happens all the time. So it's the same thing when I, when I am trying not to have those emotions. Now, I you, you have a similar profession. I have a profession where I am confronted with highly emotional people. I work in human resources uh, and I cannot be emotional even when they are, you know, like attacking me. And so I have learned how to be like, that's an emotion that I'm feeling that I'm going to let go. That's an emotion that I'm feeling and I'm going to let go. But the stepping back from the emotion is, is really difficult, Yeah, but it's, a, sure. but it's critical. Absolutely. It is. 
Well, I have some thank you for this actually because it helps me to, to kind of talk through those. The other thing is that I'm an external processor, so it's helpful for me to get some stuff out of my head and kind of make sense of it. So, like, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I think I'm probably going to go have a little cry. Okay. Well, this and this was just real quick. We're probably going to just do these occasionally really quick. So, um, I think this is going to get pushed out to like Spotify and iTunes and whatnot. And we'll post it to our Facebook and to our Twitter and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and maybe to our blog as well. Um, but you know, we we hope you enjoy this. We we like to talk. We think we're good at the talking. <laughs> I think I'm good at the talking, and we hope you enjoy that. Um, and we will be back another time with yep. maybe more stuff. Yep. Peace out. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I don't know if what that did. It's.